I got I wrote you guys a poem. <laughs> Is this a haiku? No, it's it's a landscape poem. Is this something that you typically do? Is this no. something out of the ordinary? I, I woke up one morning last week and I for some well, reason I thought, I thought that it was, was the start of the brilliant. poem. What? What? He said I woke up one morning last week. <laughs> no, 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 that's not the start of the poem. Okay. I woke All right, go up back one morning to the story last then. week. And I thought it would be a brilliant idea to write a poem. And it's probably it? the dumbest fucking idea I ever had. No. But it just stuck with me <laughs> all morning. Your landscaper. Yeah, I love how Mike's first immediate response to this has got to be the dumbest thing I've ever done. No. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear my poem? Yeah, I am. I'm super interested. It's. Here we go. Okay. And I haven't read it in the past week. I think I worked on it Tuesday and that's it. So I wasn't even done. But here we go. I feel like this is like an Eminem Jay Z moment. Is this our podcast intro? Oh, it's no, not unless you have 10 minutes. Um, (laughs) No, it's not that long. Um, Okay. Ready? Yeah. Go ahead. I am a landscaper. Hear me roar. As I make my way to the corner store to buy cigarettes and pizza and Red Bull with wings, no wonder I can't afford life's finer things. <laughs> I show up early and go home late. One time, I lost the key to the gate to the big job for the city, and the client was mad. Don't you wish you had the responsibilities I have? My company builds things with trees and rocks. Some days are so tough, I wear holes in my socks. One time, I rode in the box of the truck. It was a punishment from my boss for getting the bobcat stuck. In the mud, on the job site, on a rainy Thursday. But anything is better than docking my pay. I once put gas in the big diesel packer. I'll never live down the day that I ruined our whacker. But on the plus side, we brought a brand new Weber. Are you starting to think my landscape rhyme is clever? Our dually is loud, but the turn signals work fine. I highly doubt the MTO would mind because our load is tarped and we've tightened our binders. And the last time we got pulled over, they just gave us a reminder that the stickers were due and the payment was late and that we needed to fix the broken tailgate. And the truck tires were bald and the trailer tires too. And the trailer brakes seemed to be fixed with brick glue. (laughs) The ownership was gone because the new guy lost it. And we left the yard when the windshield was barely defrosted to get coffee and breakfast and sit in the truck until the boss shows up and makes us trud through the muck. To unload the tool trailer and start our day. Who is the idiot that set up the transit that way? And where are all the wall bars, I say with a chuckle, as the goddamn transit beeps on the knuckle? When the bars are all set, I get the new kid to screed and escape to the trailer to smoke some bad weed. I'll come out when I'm high as a kite, or I hear one of the guys get in a fight. With the bylaw who's complaining of all the shit on the road. Where else did you want me to dump this big load? 
I operate a quick cut saw. I cut concrete and asphalt and breathe it in raw. <laughs> I don't wear safety glasses or earmuffs. It's more important the guys think that I'm tough. I can push a wheelbarrow until I can't feel my legs. And then I recharge with one of Mike's pickled eggs. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. That is the greatest landscaping poem ever. That's ever. great. That you need it to do was... an official, you got to do an official reading of that. Yeah. An official poem. That needs to be published. May, yeah. Maybe we could make a full day out of it at the, the confirm conference. That's so good. <laughs> Chad, you've never written poetry no, before? Write. No, I'm just fucking around. That's, That's so awesome. good. <laughs> I, uh, I was going to make it a full day, but yeah. Anyway. It's awesome. It's Thank the you. best thing ever. It's so funny. <laughs> so one time I walked around LO Congress and I recorded. It's on the YouTube, Lakeridge YouTube. And I recorded uh, everybody I bumped into that I knew saying a line from The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> Post The Raven. And everyone Did said you know one it all line. By heart or what? No, I had it on a piece of paper. And then oh. I got them each to read their line. And I recorded it. And then I cut it all into one huge video. At LO Congress, we should have all these landscaper guys read one line from that poem and then That's cut it into good. one thing. That would be amazing. That's it was, so good. The, it's on the Lake Ridge YouTube channel. It's called the Raven, and it's literally like all the LO people and all the people we hung out with back then reading one line from The Raven. That's neat. We, like we that. did it at the Lake Ridge Christmas party one year, too. We all read uh, one line from Twas the Night Before Christmas, and then I cut it into a, a video. But that poem would be the best thing. That in would be so good. Yeah. To get everyone to read a, a line. I'll It'll send be, it to you guys. Yeah. You guys can. Yeah, it it's sick. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, someone uh, should listen. Someone listening will know how awesome it is, and they will talk about how awesome it is. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day that'll be my second fifteen minutes of fame. We should uh, get everyone from Hardscape Instagram to send us them reading a, a selfie video oh, of them reading yeah. one line, right? Perfect. And then cut it cut it all together into, yeah, tilt rotate. <laughs> you need a tilt rotator <laughs> verse. How you gotta have a tilt. The tilt rotator spun. That, that <laughs> audio is gonna go viral in the hardscape space. They're gonna have tilt rotators going to Chad reading this poet poem. Absolutely, teenage poetry about landscaping. Poetry uh, about landscaping is the that's the best poem ever. That is. Thank did, you. Did anything uh, come to mind when he was reading that, or or are those based <laughs> on true stories, Chad? You you said. Uh, lost the key to the gate and i immediately thought of myself um i rented a piece of equipment once and it was one of my guys first days and i must have put the key on like my tailgate and then driven off with the piece of equipment and uh got to the job site before my guys showed up and then realized i didn't have the key realized oh i must have put it on the tailgate it's probably somewhere near the rental uh, place. So then I had to drive up and down this busy street, get out of my truck, and try to find this key on the side of the road. Meanwhile, my guys both showed up on site, were calling me, and were like, hey, Mike, we're here. Like, where are you? And I was just like, just on the side of a busy road, trying to find this key. 
And then, but my uh, my initial guy that I had hired, this happened on the same day that he started as well. Not the same situation, but I was really really late, and he had to he had to wait for me. And he was just telling this guy, yeah, this happens all the time. He's always late. <laughs> <laughs> Ended up finding the key, ending up showing up like half an hour to an hour late. But that's what I thought about when you talked about the uh, missing gate key. When that he... one was... Go ahead, Mike. Oh, no, no. Oh, do you want my missing gate key? Because I thought of something immediately when that line too. Go for it. I, I was floating equipment uh, for a company, a client, and I w- drove all the way down to Queens Park in Toronto to get this piece of equipment. And when I got there, the gate was locked. And I called them and said, uh-huh. where's the gate key? The guy was supposed to leave it to the side. And they said, oh, and they called him. And he said, no, I didn't leave it to the side. There's no gate key. And I said, that's fine. I have my own key. And they said, you have a key? And I said, I don't go anywhere without a still 420. And I cut my way <laughs> into the gate and took the machine out. And- <laughs> The client was like, what are you doing? I'm like, cutting the fence open. Like, it's all on security cameras. I'm like, I don't care. I am I not driving care. back to Queen's Park to get this fucking excavator. <laughs> it is coming with me. And I cut the gate open and hop on. Uh, I roll, I, but I didn't cut the lock. I cut a link in the chain so that the guy could use the lock again on Yeah, Monday. of course. Yeah. yeah, I didn't cut the lock. Because at first I was going to chop the lock in half because I was so fucking pissed. But I did not do that. I, that's the story we, that came to mind. So what is the actual story? So we were we were doing this um, pumping station compound. It's like, a, I don't know, 200 by 200 fenced in compound for we did some shrubs in there and some sod and all that stuff. And we had to water. But this thing gets locked every day so that obviously people don't go in and fuck around in the pumping station. Um, so the GC is like the Home Depot next door, go buy your own locks and lock it to the other locks that are there. So it's like a daisy chain. So that yeah. there's like four different locks, right? There's one for the city, one for the civil, one for the GC and one for the landscaper. And you only need to unlock yours to get in. Yeah. But my fucking guys couldn't understand the concept of locking your lock to someone else's lock in order to open the, the fence so they're all fucked up and they're locking <laughs> some of the other contractors out by it's yeah because they're because they're locking their lock through the chain and the other yeah. locks are hanging there <laughs> yeah. when if they had just rung it through the other lock yeah. and locked then every, it yeah then, yeah yeah but like i could they, so they couldn't get it. and it happened like three times i'm like do you understand now and they're like yeah and then you would leave and kid, you'd lock up, and then the fucking guy on the water truck would call. He'd be like, "What the fuck? I can't get in. We're locked out. The locks that aren't locked right." Uh, Jesus Christ! Never spent so much money driving back and forth to fix the water guy. <laughs> I know exactly. I know why that would get. I know why you were doing it, and I know why it would get fucked up. Yeah. I, yeah. We it's, we have a sea can speaking about locking stuff and opening the sea can was such an issue. And it actually does suck to open sea cans. If you open them regularly that we bought a metal door and the fabricator guy cut the metal door into the sea can. So now everyone has a fucking key to get, and it's a door and you like open a man, it, door. Lock, man door in the sea can. Oh, yeah. 
I have a good story. <laughs> so we buy this metal door and I'm like, I say to Drake, just get all the fucking hardware from the door guy. But metal doors are usually in like highly secure places. <laughs> right? Yes. So, but I said specifically, get all the hardware from one place. I don't care if it costs an extra 10 bucks. I don't want to drive all over the blah, blah, blah. So he just said, give me a door lock. Give me a door handle. Give me all the shit. You know, because he's doing exactly what I said he should do. So he, we get the door in. The guys put the fabricator guy at the yard is putting the lock in. And they give me the key. And they're like, can you go get some keys cut for the door? Sure. No problem. I go to the first, I go to home hardware. I hand him the key. Guy says, yeah, this is a reverse groove cut key, bro. I can't, I don't have this kind of key, man. This is some really specific shit. I was like, okay. It's like a door to our sea camp. <laughs> what the fuck? So there's a, a, a like an actual professional lock place in Whitby. So I go to it and I go in and I give the guy the key and the guy goes, says, oh, this is a Sheeran key or whatever the fucking thing is. And I go, sure, bro, whatever. I don't care. He goes, how many keys do you want? I said, I don't know. Give me 15. You know, there's a lot of us. And he goes, are you sure? I said, yeah. Dude, for 15, who cares? He goes, his keys are $17.50 each plus tax because there's some ultra high security key. Like, this is a door to our fucking sea can. <laughs> I come back. I go, Great. Why do we have some crazy high security lock on the sea can? He goes, You told me to get the hardware from wherever the door came from. This is what the hardware that they have because they deal in high security things. I'm like, I totally fucked this up. 100% my fault. So now when I hand out the keys, I say to everyone, listen, I'm not going to get pissed when you lose this key, but you need to understand that these keys are $20 each, please. That's how we... And that's how we... you got the new door put in, did you permanently lock the other door? It has a lock on it, so you could still get in that way. But the all of us, but in particular, um, some of the women we employ were having trouble getting the door open because it is hard to open. Like you got, it's terrible. I don't. It's just a weird. Is there nothing Brad could have done to remedy that? I'm sure he could have. If these little Chinese people could open the sea cans in China, could someone? So I have to. We have. Brad that fixes a lot of stuff for us and keeps, and then we also have Paul, who's the metal fabricator. So this was more of a Paul problem and not a Brad problem, getting this door (laughs) into the sea can. This was a Paul issue. So he got the door into the sea can. It is really nice. I, I think it's awesome. It, but this, this week, how we bled money at Paver King was buying $20 fucking keys. Because we couldn't get a door locked for a sea can that had a $3 key. We needed to get the $20, which, again, 100% my fault. And everyone was just, Drake was just following literally the exact instructions I gave him, word for word. <laughs> but I, we now have a ultra-high security lock on our sea can. So, you know, we do store valuable stuff like winter tires and... We do have we have lockers in the sea can. Wow. I don't think anyone uses them, but my shop have... doesn't even have those. Oh, the lockers were cheap. Really? 
We got I like should. three three banks of lockers for like five hundred bucks. I, I just Googled, I just Googled it on Kijiji and said used lockers and like fifty people selling them showed up. And then we drove to this like sketched out storage unit because I just picked whoever was the cheapest because I it's a locker I in a sea can. We're not like we're already <laughs> pretty low here. I don't think we need to source the most expensive lockers to put in the dirty sea can. <laughs> So, I, so we went uh, to the sketched out storage unit and the guy opened the store. We met some guy. He got us through the gate. We drove around to his storage unit. And I was like, this is where they steal our kidneys. <laughs> like cool. this is where the kidneys go. And he opened it up and then it was just full of lockers. And he said, which bank do you want? So we picked two or three banks. We gave him 500 and we left. Where you went. Yeah, they just Googled used lockers. They weren't hard to get. People, I think if people came to, now that there's a door in the C-Can and you can get into it without a 30-minute fight with the two other doors and the weird lock that's not, like, I think now people might use the lockers more, hmm. potentially, because it's you can actually access. Because my the mic solution to the shitty door on the C-Can was to just leave the door open and not lock it. We do that. But everyone wasn't overtly accepting of that. People were like, stuff's going to go missing. Like, well, technically it's my stuff. (laughs) Why are you guys also, they are way more worried about it. I'm glad we have people that care so passionately. I I am because they, they often just turn me in the right direction. They do. There's also every single person that works for us is awesome. They just, they always are pretty great. They always try to turn me in the right direction when I'm obviously going askew. <laughs> like, yeah, we should lock up all our shit. <laughs> that seems like a pretty obvious thing where I'm askew on it. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, they are. So that's, yeah, that's what we, I, it will provide easier access to the deaf cube next year too. Oh, it's coming back. It's making it come back. I don't. I think we're. I think I'm gonna get it back. I kind of like the stories. Same one or a different one? I well, same company. Someone else might have our Def Cube now. Uh, <laughs> I would get the same Def Cube back. It was nice to use it to fill the truck, especially if I get a diesel truck. I don't want to pour Def jugs in. Yeah, but your truck is. Uh, yeah, I guess two of a month, maybe one or two. How, how many do you use? More, way more in the Ram than in the Ford, but. I, I heard Fords say, are really good on def. Yeah. They surprised like we've got a F550 that's gone through maybe four jugs in its life of 60,000 kilometers. That's but uh good. yeah, might have go through four in 6 months. Easy. Wow. My Ram, but Did you trade your Ford in or did you put it into the fleet? I traded it. It was a 2017 with 140k on it. I got 55k for it. What model? Uh, Lariat. Lariat. Not a platinum though. Not a platinum. So it didn't have the big outrageous all weird chrome tailgate. No, no, didn't have disappointing. That. Yeah, Just... I know. But did you trade in the Lariat at the Dodge dealer? Yes. At Were they Kingston happy? Dodge. That you uh, switch to Dodge? No, they don't give a shit. Either what way. made you switch to Dodge? The interior. I wanted to try something new. 
because like so all these brands like every five years they do like a a body That's another full shot upgrade <laughs> Mike's ripped it's just it's just sipping man okay yeah sorry so every five years they do so, a full upgrade yeah they do like a full exterior upgrade to trucks right yeah. and i had a 2017 and it was last year so i'm like uh, do i want to get another truck that's gonna be new but look old in two years or do i want to try something new so i i bought the ram and honestly i'm happy with it like, i really love the truck like uh, it's been a year now and i'm still they have the best interior they've they're fucking beautiful inside yeah like, does you have the full screen bigger than my computer screen right now so we have one with the full screen yeah. and one with the half screen and drake's has the half screen and the controls because he likes the controls better than the whole really? screen and billy's has the whole screen hmm. i like oh. no problems with mine knock on wood so far um other than that little transmission issue that hiccup it's gone now why what did they do to it i don't know they did something it wasn't very expensive either, so why would it cost you anything? The truck's brand new. No, it's not. I bought it as a twenty nineteen. Like I bought it as a two year old model. I couldn't find a new one, right? And it was at Oh, that so that one was used when you bought yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, I had eighty thousand oh. kilometers when I bought it. Still oh, paid wow. through the nose, but it should have been still covered under warranty though, because it should have hundred and sixty powertrain on a diesel. Yeah. The last thing I want to do is go back to the place that I bought it. Because first off, it's an hour and a half away, and uh, like enough way we'll all, go there. All but, about the level of service you get. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I've never been treated well at a car retailer ever. Buying any, any car retailer, any any time I bought a car, they don't take me seriously ever. Do you think it's the tattoos? I'm being on. So. I'm not. Yeah, do you yeah, think, no, do you think yeah. it's the mullet or the uh, samurai bun? I never went in with my hair in a bun, but um, it could be. And fine if that's how they want to treat me. I guess I don't give a shit, really. But right. like, I still have money to spend. They still have to buy things, right? Yeah. Like, I never that's... got treated that way whenever I walked into a Kubota dealer. No. Buy a $100,000 skid steer or whatever, right? Yeah, but those people are used to <laughs> dirty <laughs> people walking. <laughs> well, they are. Yeah, I know. They're I, they're going to be less judgmental because they know people that you know are walking in with enough money in their pocket to buy an eight ton excavator with cash. Yeah, like they know, right? It's different. Mark, like I, my daughter wanted a purple iPhone for her birthday and Christmas. They're very close together, so I went to the best buy because you know i'm in charge of getting this phone which doesn't seem like and this podcast will come out not that she would ever listen to the podcast anyways but if she did (laughs) will come out well after her birthday but she wanted purple iphone 14 or whatever for her birthday and she's had five three phones in her life she's never lost one she's always been super responsible so sure okay that's what you want so i went in and i said i need a purple iphone she never really asks for anything but this is something she i need a purple iphone and the guy said uh oh well and i was coming from work right and the guy said well 
we don't have any 128 purple iPhones. I said, okay, well, what do we do about that? And he said, well, we have a 250 gigabyte purple iPhone. And I said, okay, great. I'll just have that one. And he's like, it's $200 more, sir. And I looked at him and I was like, I don't give a fuck about 200 bucks, bro. I, I could fucking care less about 200. Like $200 yeah. is a completely meaningless amount of money to me. I spend a thousand dollars on fuel before you got out of bed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> could yeah. Fucking care less about just the phone in retrospect, the phone is a thousand dollars and this is an extra 200 bucks. Like I, if I'm already a thousand bucks in on this fucking phone, yeah. I don't give a fuck about I was just explaining the simple economics of this to this guy. And Did you like, like feed it to him right there? Like yeah. you were actually I literally said, I don't I, he's like but it was it, the thing went down like I said, I wanna I said, Can I just I need a purple iPhone 14. Like I said, Well, what carrier would you like to finance it with? <laughs> I said, Yeah, bro, I don't finance cell phones. Yeah. It's a phone. It's a phone. We're paying the whole thing right here, right now. Let's he go. Said, Get it oh. out of the back. And he said, oh, I said, I need a purple one, whatever, 14. Just a little one. She doesn't want a big one. And then he said, well, we don't have... He, I said, he said, well, they're $1,000. And I said, whatever. I don't care. Like, do you have this? And he said, well, then he said, we don't have this one. And I said, okay, great. What do we do about it? And he said, well, I do have this 250 six gigabyte one i said sure fine just get me that i i don't care guess <laughs> that's said that's when he said well this is two hundred dollars more i was like well okay then yeah. well I, I that i didn't yeah i guess i kind of get i just literally said yeah bro i don't give a shit about 200 bucks whatever because he was i said cool well, first i said cool whatever i can you just get me the phone like i have other things to do and he was like you understand this is two hundred dollars and when he said it the second time, that's when I said, listen, buddy, was, you know, there's five of I'm them. I'm the standing, paver king, okay? Five of them standing Do you behind. know who you're talking to? not what I said at all. You know, there's like five of them standing behind the thing. Yeah. And I was like, okay, bro, like, are you picking on me? Because I'm wearing a block techo sweater that's covered in grease and I look dirty. Like, yeah. so I literally, I, yeah, I just like I said, listen, bro. I don't give a fuck about two hundred dollars. Go get he the said, fucking phone. Would you treat Interlock Ian like this? <laughs> he's a clean looking guy, so maybe. True. Yeah, he is. Pretty he's a pretty clean. I mean, he's got a beard. He's got a well trimmed beard. He always looks good. He's always, you know. I don't. I'm a mess. I look like a mess every day, all day, everywhere I go. I look like a mess. I don't change where. Like I just look. I, I think, think that's I, a landscaper thing, though. Like, we generally are a little rough around the edges. Not all of us. No, there's, there's some, some guys that aren't. I agree. Yeah. But I would you, say that a lot of people do. Do you think that's a measure of success for landscaping? Like, did the clean-cut guys go further in landscaping than the rough-cut guys? Like, I'm pretty uh, rough, but I'm still doing all right for myself. The so like in construction, the wealthiest guy I've ever been around on a regular basis in construction was the poorest looking guy I've ever been around. I love that. I like in construction. Yeah, he yeah. he was 
very, very rough around the edges, or probably still is. I just haven't seen him in a while. But I would say is very, very rough around the edges. But is is that part of like the old mentality of business, or do you think that's still going to be a thing? Like, can we still get away with looking this rough and being so successful? I think it just depends. Like, to be honest, even there's like millionaires who, you know, walk around looking not like a millionaire. Right. And and I think it just depends on the person. And I don't think it's anything. There's no do. set criteria for no. success. Like, let's get to know. I can like, this way. There's some people that are going to be really flashy. Right. Yeah. But that's with any industry. Like the more I think about it, uh, the more I see like the flashy people in certain industries and then in the same industry, there's those people that are even way better off that are looking like, uh, you know, much less flashy, essentially. I, so if a guy drives up on me in a brand new Denali, HD, duly, fully loaded, whatever. And then another guy drives up in like a 2007 that's, you know, in obviously in like very well in good shape and lifted and sharp. I'm more impressed by the guy in the 2007 because that probably motherfucking paid cash for that shit. Ain't no one loaning you money on a 2007. Driving up to me in a (laughs) truck that's worth 150 grand and proving to me that you can borrow 150 grand from the bank is totally fucking meaningless to me. Right. It means nothing. Everyone who's driving any vehicle that's leased or they borrowed the money to get it, it's totally meaningless to me. It's nice. And I I like the ride and I can say it's a beautiful truck and I think it's awesome. But in terms of me being like, that guy's a success, he's got a Denali. If you borrowed the money for your Denali, then yeah, it's meaningless. Anyone could have borrowed that money. But what I've learned and what I've seen is like, especially in like the online space is not everyone thinks like you where somebody pulls up in in, uh, an amazing ride and they think that way. They see a Lamborghini and they think, oh, success. Or they show up in a beautiful vehicle and they think success. And uh, it's really interesting how that might change in the coming year or so. Like, if you think about it sometimes, like some of the rigs that we have to drive around in for work are worth just as much as these fucking McLaren or like a Lamborghini and shit. So you got a $100,000 truck pulling a $20,000 float with a $150,000 machine on the back, like... That's, it takes a lot of fucking money to do this sometimes. And then you hop out and you're full of grease and you're all dirty and your safety <laughs> vest on. And like, so, so I don't know. Yeah, I guess looks can be deceiving or yeah. something like that, right? So. Oh no, Mike's frozen now. Oh no, is he? he took, I uh, thought he was just being quiet. No, he's, he's frozen. Start again, Mike. Oh no. my! It's it's that it's that oh, am I back C yet? drive. Am it's I that back? C drive, man. Am I back? Am I back? <laughs> yeah, you're back. I know the C drive is yeah. fun. I'm back. I, it so our blue truck just 
in real time is was $240,000. The float that gets pulled behind it is $60,000 brand new sole float. So I'm at 300. And then if you put the eight ton on it, now ours is a used eight ton, but is it me or is he going off again? Yeah, he's going off again. On it, I'm at a half a million dollars but, rolling down. But I know what he's getting at. I know that yeah. he's adding up all this and it's equal back to, or more than. Back yeah, you're now. back. Am I? I okay, so. An A10 activator, our float, and our dump truck is 500 grand. Right. Half, half a million dollars all day long rolling down the road. Yep. Oh, to go make how much money a day? You figure? Uh, maybe three, four grand a day. Oh, there. There, there you are. I'm back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, totally. You know, which I mean. It, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's uh, yeah, but this is the way we choose to make a living. Right? But, you know but how much, how okay, much times the... would you expect something like that to pay off an investment, right? Like how much? I, I I don't know if you guys have kind of gone off on like the numbers to think about how much time would you require to be able to pay back that investment and then some, right? Like three or four grand on a. $500,000 rig. How much time would you need to be able to you need a hundred days? Well, to make those numbers work that it makes sense oh. to then pay that it that initial cost to then continue with that, right? Well, it's, it's just yes. I mean, if the works there, it makes sense, right? Yeah, it it it's not hard to make. I guess it's all hard. Everything is hard, but say the the blue truck is like thirty seven hundred bucks a month. The payment on it. Um. The we put forty k down on it, so yeah, it's like thirty seven hundred bucks. So, oh no, not again! I think we were just getting into some value. This is I, I was trying to push like fifteen hundred dollars a day. Oh, you guys are gone. Yeah, no, you're gone. You're gone. I was trying to push for some value, but it doesn't look like. I I gotta I gotta get. My, I gotta figure out how to get this shit off the C drive. <laughs> <Okay>. Guys, yeah. <laughs> All right, I gotta shut this down because my C drive is fucked. My whole computer's shutting down. All right, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear I can you. Hear you now. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I gotta shut. I gotta figure. I have zero. He's got zero room zero left. megabytes left on the Z drive, so the whole computer's shutting down for whatever reason. So, okay, all right, bye. This is the end bye. of that hour. It was horrible. <laughs>
we should say Bye. that this is the this is the final episode before the actual meetup at the uh, LO Congress. So if you're listening to this, hopefully we'll have something published for the meetup for the LO Congress because we haven't organized it by this point. Uh, so see us at LO Congress. Sounds great. Can't wait. Yeah. And Mike's frozen. Yeah. I'm sure he'd have something okay. great to say. Too. Hey. My computer's done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fine. Okay. <laughs>